Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's up? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. Today's episode is a good one, but before we dive in, I've got a few quick things to mention. A quick reminder to hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you are listening. You can visit dbetravel.com to check out the entire episode library and support the show on Patreon. And don't forget that Destinations Beyond Expectations is on groupexperience.com as well. So you can listen to the show there too. Be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the show, spread the word. Okay, my guest today is Kat from the Staying Afloat blog. Kat is a marine scientist, but also a lover of travel. And today she joins me to talk about the city of Wichita, Kansas, which is a greener destination than you may think. Kat has a blog post that pairs very nicely with the chat we'll be having, so be sure to scroll down in the show notes to find her blog. I think you'll enjoy today's conversation, especially if you are an environmentally conscious traveler. So let's dive in and learn more about Wichita, Kansas. Kat, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great to have you on the show. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, today we're going to be talking about a place that's very much towards the middle of the United States contiguous 48. We're going to Wichita, Kansas. You, of course, have been to Wichita, but for anyone out there listening who hasn't visited, can you paint like a general picture of what the town is like? Definitely. Um, So it's funny that you say it's centrally located. It's actually considered the heart of the country. So it is smack dab in the middle of America, uh, which is kind of a fun fact that I learned while I was touring around. So yeah, so I actually made my way into the city from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, where I was attending a conference and took a shuttle in and it was really neat because it's a very flat space. (laughs) I, uh, you know, you always hear how the Midwest is very flat and of course, the expectations are there with videos, but just watching the green hills as we rolled in, very small, green rolling hills, grassy hills, uh, covered in cows on the ride in was really fun. So the town itself is quite small. Um, it is, I, if I had to compare to other towns that I visited, sort of has like that small big city vibe, um, something along the lines of like a Providence or a, like an Albany, I don't know, actually Albany might even be too big, but, uh, you know, just a handful of those really tall skyscraper buildings. Um, and then nicely, circled by a lot of the smaller businesses in town so uh yeah no it's 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 a i was pleasantly surprised with how quaint um and yet sort of city vibes they had going cool and your blog on wichita which can be found in the show notes for this episode ties in some of the efforts the city has made to being a green destination it seems like wichita has invested in some environmentally friendly ways to get around the city And I'd love if you could share some information about getting around Wichita by scooter or the city's bike rental program and maybe talk a little bit about the walkability of downtown Wichita as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as many of the larger but also smaller big cities um, these days, the city itself has a rideshare program specifically for their bikes. Uh, And so this is that system where you download the app on your phone. Um, There's various locations throughout the city 
where you can come up on sort of that collection of bicycles and then rent it. I forget if it was by the mile or I'm assuming it was by the hour, half hour. But yeah, so they have them all around the city. uh, And very similarly to, I think, probably one of the newer technologies out there is the scooter program that they have. So they have the two brands, uh, Vio, Ride and Spin. There's a few of them out there, but um, those are the two specifically that they had in downtown Wichita. And again, um, I guess a little less coordinated than the bikes, but you would see clusters of them around the city where you can check into the app, scan the barcode on the scooter and sort of be on your way, get to your destination, leave the scooter. And at the end of the day, someone comes around and collects them and put them back in all those sort of main hubs for the next morning. So easy to get around by scooter and bike, um, but also quite walkable, the main downtown area. So when I was there, I stayed at a hotel called The Jury, and we'll go into a little more detail about that. Um, But the nice thing about The Jury is its waterfront location actually borders Wichita downtown itself, as well as Delano, which is one of the small towns just across the city or West Wichita, as some refer to it. So there are a lot of options um, for places that you can walk from the downtown area. Awesome. Now, your blog also notes that visitors won't want to miss out on a stroll along the Arkansas River Trail while visiting Wichita. Tell me a little bit about some of the things you can find near the Arkansas River and some of the fun water activities you can do on the river during the warmer months. The Arkansas River, the great thing about it, actually one of the biggest features and draws to it these days is what's known as the Keeper of the Plains. And so specifically from the main street uh, that I was referencing earlier, the hotel where I stayed, you can actually see it from the hotel. Um, but only in recent years is has it been raised up to a level that can actually be seen from multiple locations. Previously, it was sitting on the ground in a park. Um, let me go into a little more detail about what it is that I'm talking to about. So the Keeper of the Plains um, is a metal essentially art structure um, that was, it's 40 feet, 44 feet tall a steel structure um, by Kiowa Comanche artist Black Bear Boson. If you get a chance to spend some time taking in the local culture and the local history, um, you'll realize there's a very deep-rooted history in the mid-American all-Indian culture. Um, And so he was one of the famous artists locally who actually created this sculpture. And uh, they recently, as part of the town's initiative to bring in more tourism and really elevate what the town stands for, um, raise that sculpture onto a rock. Um, so it essentially is watching over um, the river, which fits the name of Keeper of the Plains. It's watching over the local area. So that's definitely the number one attraction on the Arkansas River. Um, it sits right where the Arkansas River meets the Little Arkansas River. And every night, right around sunset time, so depending on time of year, um, in the spring and summer, it's right around 9 o'clock, and in the fall and winter, right around 7 o'clock p.m., um, they have a huge display of fire. Um, And what it is is it's a couple pots of fire around the sculpture that are lit up um, and will burn for 15 minutes uh, just to sort of bring attention to the statue itself um, as well as the local culture. Um, And so there's two foot passenger bridges that get you over to the Keeper of the Plains. And um, it's a really neat experience to be able to take in and really get involved in and learn more about the culture. There's some plaques along the walk that teach you about um, sort of the mid-American, Native American history there. So in addition to the Keeper of the Plains being on display, uh, there's also some neat features. So the walkway itself is very pretty. Um, You can do it during the day or at night. And we'll go into a little more detail about some of the 
attractions and water sports that they have. But one of the other neat features, again, that you can see during day or night uh, is a troll that you will find on the east side of the river, actually hidden in one of the sewer drains. It's one of the sort of local attractions that isn't well marked, um, but kind of a fun sculpture to find if you get the opportunity. And you brought up the Keeper of the Plains. And do I have it right that there's also some fiberglass versions, like smaller versions of this throughout the city that you can kind of follow maybe on a trail and take a picture with? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So similar to some of the other cities that have sculptures on display that local artists have sort of left their mark on. Uh, We see that in places like Virginia Beach. Uh, They have mermaids that you'll find that have been painted by local artists. Or on Vancouver Island, they have killer whales that have been painted by local artists. And so in Wichita, the program that they have is called Keepers on Parade. And what it is that they had over a dozen artists selected to paint about 150 of these statues that they then sort of strategically placed throughout town. So it adds a little fun element of almost like a scavenger hunt um, when you're there uh, visiting the town that you can go around and find all these different designs and different painted um, keepers located around the city. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, I I would have never guessed that one of the top 10 largest zoos in the country would be located in Wichita, but the Sedgwick County Zoo is indeed a top 10 zoo, and they seem to really care about sustainability and wildlife conservation. So what can you tell me about a visit to the Sedgwick County Zoo? I agree with you uh, and that I was surprised that it's one of the top (laughs) 10 zoos, but it's actually, it's, I was very impressed having visited several other zoos in the U.S., Um, It's clear that they do care about the animals um, and that they care about the education components of having the animals in captivity. Um, A little more specifically, some of the sustainability conservation efforts that they have in place include bird-friendly glass on the welcome buildings once you enter the zoo. They also have solar energy that they're using on site to produce part of the energy that they're supplying to the zoo. If you get a chance to visit the gorilla exhibit, uh, they actually have a cell phone recycling station, which I thought was really interesting um, in their efforts to try and bring attention to sort of the natural resources that are being abused for our day-to-day lives, which absolutely guilty, have a cell phone. (laughs) You know, it's something to reconsider every time um, the latest and greatest model comes out, at a minimum, at least trying to recycle it um, and making sure that some of those components are getting reused. So it was really interesting to learn about all those, trying to bring it to everyone, children, as well as adults. It was a full-blown learning experience, all the little features that they had hidden around the zoo. If you visit the elephants, they go into a little more detail about some of the conservation efforts that are happening for elephants uh, over in Africa. They even have a big cats and climate change exhibit, uh, which goes into more detail about how climate change is actually impacting uh, the big cat populations of the world. So it was really, truly an educational experience as well. That is very, very cool. And I guess, you know, I want to loop back to something you said uh, a little bit earlier in our conversation, because you had mentioned that you stayed at the Drury Plaza Hotel, Broadview, Wichita, and that is actually a LEED certified hotel. I don't know what that means, to be honest with you. Could you maybe share a little bit more about what that LEED certification means with uh, myself and the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, So that certification um, is actually something that the government of the United States issues to certain types of building 
um, within the country. And the LEED stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Um, and so there's very specific criteria that a building needs to meet in order to be considered LEED certified. Um, but some of the examples of the Jury Plaza Hotel downtown, um, what they're doing or what they've done rather to be considered LEED certified after some renovations in, back in 2011 um, is that they have fully rehabilitated a pre-existing structure. So minimizing waste um, and or rather reusing the, the old recycle, reduced, reuse. They've reused uh, a structure that was already there. The hotel is connected to public transit line, which promotes the use of public transportation, therefore minimizing people's impacts, uh, footprints on the local community. Uh, they have bicycle racks present on site. Their parking lot offers parking spots premium preferred uh, parking spots for electric and fuel efficient vehicles. Uh, in addition to the hotel actually being landscaped in such a way that promotes water conservation, um, they have recycling available within the hotel and something that we're starting to see a little more in hotels popping up with all of this pressure to become more environmentally friendly. Um, they have refillable shampoo, conditioner, body wash, units actually just stuck to the wall in the shower so no more of those tiny little plastic disposable bottles um so it was it was really neat to actually get the opportunity to stay in one of these hotels that's making an active effort um to minimize uh, overall footprint of their guests so kind of continuing on the track where we've you know woven a lot of green travel into our conversation so far i want to ask you about responsible travel in terms of supporting the local economy because if you're looking to grab a beer or a bite to eat in wichita there seems to be a lot of great non-chain options. Can you talk about some of those uniquely Wichita breweries and restaurants and why tourists may want to consider spending their travel dollars there? Yes, and the great thing about it is there's a lot of options available, again, within walking distance of the hotel, or I guess scooter distance, if you will. There are a couple restaurants uh, that I visited that were there that were very much mom and pop, locally owned. Um, one example was Homegrown um, at Nefgezer Park, which actually outsourced, for the most part, all of their local meats. Um, their honey is locally sourced, and it was really interesting to interact with the staff there and see how much of their products they're actually bringing in locally. Another one of the restaurants that we visited uh, was called The Monarch. It's actually just west of the river, so in that little town, Delano, across from the main city. Uh, but they actually have a full suite of all of the local, quote-unquote local, several Kansas breweries on tab. So including Walnut River, Central Standard, River City, Free State Brewing, just to name a couple. Um, additionally, there's a really cute little area, a uh, bit of a nightlife vibe, if you will, which has a martini bar uh, called Mort's Martini and Cigar Bar, uh, which is a really popular hit if you're looking for somewhere to hang out on a any weeknight. Um, but Mondays specifically, they have half-price martinis, which I recommend. And then a lot of just other, it's very evident that they do support um, and encourage uh, small businesses, local businesses. Um, when you're out walking around, you'll see a lot of little shops you know, supporting those smaller businesses, mom and pop, Hatman Jack's, Bungalow 26. Uh, we visited a place called The Workroom, uh, which is actually known for really bringing back, trending, if you will, bringing back into trend. I don't know if that's a way to say it, but uh, the Wichita flag, um, which it's very evident all of the locals are very passionate about just for what it stands for. So yeah, some really great opportunities to support local businesses in Wichita. A lot of great opportunities, like you said, to support local restaurants, bars, things like that. And if someone wants to also explore local culture and history a little bit more, uh, there's museums like the Wichita Art Museum and the Mid-America All-Indian Museum. 
What can you tell me about a visit to either of those museums? Yeah, so the Wichita Art Museum was great. I'm, I'm a big fan of art outside of any of this, so um, I'm always going to speak highly of any type of art museum. But And they, they do have a Chihuly piece, the Chihuly the Glass Artist, um, which I'm always drawn to, so that was nice. Not necessarily a local piece, but a permanent piece in place nonetheless. They, they have rotating displays, essentially, of some of the local art or types of art that have contributed to what Wichita is known for, including their mid-American Indian tribes throughout the year. So it was just really neat to see some of the history about Wichita through through art. But also the Mid-America All-Indian Museum, which leads up to, it's fun, you go out to the backyard, quote-unquote, the backyard of the museum, and you can actually see the Keeper of the Plains, who is standing over the river um, from, from the property. So the Mid-America All-Indian Museum is very clearly passionate. There's a lot of passion um, in the local city for the tribes. Um, Black Bear Boson is one of the main artists that you'll see on display at the Mid-America All-Indian Museum. Um, but if you're interested in really the, the history and sort of the development of the local towns and how they came to be what they are today, um, it is a great spot to visit um, if you're interested in culture. Well, Kat, I really enjoyed reading your Wichita post, which can, of course, be found on your Staying Afloat blog. Tell us more about the Staying Afloat blog and what someone will find if they visit stayingafloatblog.com. Sure. Uh, so Staying Afloat blog got started as I'm a marine scientist, actually, by day. Um, so that is what I'm attracted to is the coast and uh, anything to do with water. So I'm always traveling to new destinations if it's not for work, for pleasure. Um, so Staying Afloat blog also focuses on ecotourism and sustainable travel. So I felt like Wichita was a really good fit because not only is it a waterfront destination being on the Arkansas River, um, there was also a really good focus in the city of ways to reduce your footprint, in addition to, as we talked about, staying in a LEED certified hotel, all those little bike and scooter opportunities, walkable city, those are all the things that I'm looking for when I travel. So I really appreciated the visit there uh, and felt like it was really in line with the blog. Great. And then where can we go to stay connected with the Staying Afloat blog on social media? Sure. Uh, so we are on Instagram at staying underscore afloat underscore. Um, on Facebook is Staying Afloat Blog, and on TikTok is Staying Afloat Blog. Still getting used to the TikTok. It's a very new thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mostly, most of my energy, time and energy is spent on Instagram. So. so, Kat, I do have one final question for you today on the podcast. It's a, it's a question I like to ask a lot of first-time guests. Um, Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel and so I want to ask you, are you someone who would consider yourself to be a student of travel, someone who's really taken a lot and learned a lot from and through travel? And if so, can you maybe share a lesson or some thoughts about being a student of travel or like a lesson that you've learned uh, along your travel journeys? I think one of the big one of the best ways to look at travel is always as a student. Um, you know, it's it's, a, it's all fine and dandy to specialize in a certain area and maybe know it really well. Um, but I think that we should always be open to learning when we're in new places, um, even when we're in returning places, because things may have happened. I know there's a lot of value in visiting destinations, learning about the local culture. That's why I really enjoyed specifically with Wichita, um, being able to go to the 
Mid-America All-Indian Museum and really learn about the history of the lands in the area um, and why Wichita is what it is today. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a firm believer that I am a student and probably will be forever. <laughs> Love that answer. Kat, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been so great having you on um, and sharing what you know and, and your experiences about Wichita. So thank you so much. Thank you, Stevie. I really appreciate the opportunity to share it with you. A big DBE thank you to Kat. Please make sure to check out the Staying Afloat blog and follow Staying Afloat on social media. There's some more info on that down in today's show notes. I would also love it if you followed this podcast, Destinations Beyond Expectations, on Facebook and Instagram. Please consider subscribing to the show wherever you are listening. And if you have a few seconds to rate and review DBE, that would be amazing. I really appreciate you tuning in as always. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.